Okay, so we're live. Welcome back to the Magic Minds podcast. I'm Matt Bork. You're listening and watching the Liberty's number one podcast. Yup, the Liberty's. Yup, the flats. On the show today, I'm joined by the lovely and gorgeous Jackie Fox. Jackie, what's the crack? <laughs> Thank you for having me, Matt. It's absolutely beautiful to have you on the show. I'm delighted to have you on the show. Guys, I have asked Jackie to come on the show because Jackie's daughter, Nicole, uh, took her life by suicide in 2018. So, pre-warning for anybody that may be struggling with their mental health or this may impact them, this may trigger you. So, you have the option maybe to turn off or just to, to be mindful that this could trigger you. So, if you need help, send us a message. We'll point you in the, in the direction of someone that can help you. Or afterwards, if you do watch the show, please share with people your thoughts, feelings or emotions or any triggers come up for you. So, just it's a bit of a warning just to mind your little self. I always tell people to mind their little self. So, if watching this is not minding your little self, I'd say turn off and wait till you're in a stronger position because we are going to cover stuff today, which is the death of this beautiful young lady. We're going to talk about suicide. We're going to talk about bullying. So it's going to be a, a, a difficult show, a listener to watch for people. So just to be mindful of that. Um, as I say, I've asked uh, Jackie I'm on the show. We're on the, we're on. The, would you say we're on the same circuit together? Are we on the, this, the speaking circuits? Yeah, definitely. Um we kind of do different things but the the end result is the same it's um you know just helping people showing them how to be kind um you know not to bully people not to, you know nobody knows what's going on inside anyone's head so it's it's just to yeah to be careful what you're saying so yeah i think we we do the same yeah absolutely i was doing a talk in benevan college there a couple of weeks ago and uh, Dave Murphy, Mr. Murphy, as they call the <laughs> students, call him Mr. Murphy. I laugh when I hear that. He's such a kind lad. He's brilliant, and he got me on. But then he told me about yourself and the fantastic, beautiful Gary Cunningham, <laughs> and he says you got to meet these guys. You got to get them on your show. And I heard rave reviews about you. You uh, were there doing a talk, and it's all around bullying and in schools and that. So tell us a little bit about the work that you do, actually. Yeah, um, since uh, since I, I lost Nicole, um, we we uh, I I was doing the talks on my own first, and um, I'd, I'd go around to schools, colleges, uh, community centres, youth reach, uh, football clubs, um, every, any anything like that at all. And then um, then since then I've joined up with Gary, and we both do our talks. Now my talk. Um, I don't sugarcoat my talk at all. It's it is it would be hard hitting after losing my daughter. But Gary's talk then, he he lifts them up, um, at the end where he he lets them he, he makes sure that they know that that they are enough and you know that they're important and sometimes people don't listen to to teenagers that they're they're they they, they can be moany and stuff no but uh, he he would uh, he'd he'd make everyone uh, you know, feel feel great about themselves. Uh, I make them cry, and he he builds them up. He's <laughs> <laughs> a good a good cop, bad yeah, cop. Yeah, yeah I've, uh, we we were meant to have Gary on the show last week, but uh, we've moved it to, to hopefully next week if he's ready to rock. He has got a few things on, so lovely to get him on. But mm. it's it's just absolutely fantastic to have you on. Uh, so look, you, as we said, Nicole took her life by suicide. Take, take us back a bit tell us tell us a little bit about nicole um so we can get a sense or we can get a sense of of war and um, i've two boys at home and nicole was my only little girl and um, she was funny bubbly lively she'd a great great personality and um, grown up she'd a lot of friends 
um, she was cheeky and um, many times I ran up the stairs after her and she'd still have to get the last word in but um, she was very witty and she always had these one-liners you know ready to, to, to shoot back at me when you know if she was having a row with me um, she was great in school she was a wizard at maths loved maths and she wanted to be an accountant when she got older and she 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 wanted to travel as well but she never got to do any of that um, we had a, a mobile home in Courtown in Wexford where where I live now um, and we, we would go down all through the summer midterm bank holidays any chance we could get down and all, the same people all our friends would always come down at the same time as well but we'd spend our hours on the beach they used to go crab fishing they learned how to jump off the pier into the sea with their armbands and as time went on you know they learned how to jump off without their armbands um, there was a a forest down the end of the road um, where we were as well and we used to bring a bunch of the kids Nicole and our brothers and a, a few other kids um, into the forest at about say one or two in the morning and it'd be pitch dark and all we'd literally have is a torch and a stick and we'd never stay on the trail uh, we'd get off the trail and we'd get lost in this big huge forest on purpose but the only way we could find our way out of the forest was to listen to the sound of the sea and once we heard the noise of the sea we knew we'd be back onto the beach and that would lead us back to the car but um it was a great adventure for them they loved it and nicole used to always say ma'am do you know where you are and i go yeah i wouldn't have a clue and sometimes it'd be nearly daylight by the time we'd get out of the forest but uh they used to fall down ditches and they'd come home with thorns stuck in their legs but you know what they 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 had a ball they loved it and um, but she loved it she loved going down down to court town um, she so that that was our fun time you know she'd so many uh great memories down there all all the way up she she'd a happy childhood she she never suffered with um uh, anxiety that all came afterwards when when everything started to go wrong then she suffered terrible with anxiety then but um no she was she was she was my best friend we we did everything together she told me she told me everything uh, you know anything she did she'd always uh, tell me what's going on sometimes some things you, you I didn't want to hear <laughs> but um no we were we were so good she's she's she she was my best friend. She still is. I probably talk to her the most now. Um, Do you? Than anyone else, yeah. That's, that's, that's fantastic. I was literally mm. talking to someone today that lost their, their, uh, their mother. And, you know, she's like, I miss her. And I was like, she's not gone. You no. know, you, we can't create or destroy energy. It can only be transformed. Mm. And I truly believe that it's just transformed. Yeah. But we don't lose the spirit. Yeah, And no. do you believe that too? A hundred percent. Do you know what? I'm not a... I'm not holy. I, I, we never got went to mass. I don't, I, you know, and I, I was never into any of that. But, um, I definitely know Nicole with me a hundred percent. You know, there's so many things that 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 happened that, that, you know, you couldn't possibly say they were coincidence. Do you know what I mean? So, but um, I, I, yeah, no, I do feel I know she's with me. I know she's uh, she in everything I do. I know she's beside me, and and she she's the actual um. I don't want to jump ahead, but one night when I was going to go with her, um, one night she, uh, I was going to take my own life, and um, my cousin rang me out of the blue, and um, she said, uh, "Whatever," and I haven't heard from my cousin in, a, in, in about a year and a half, and she said, "Whatever you're going, whatever you're thinking of doing, don't do it." And I said, "What? What are you talking about? I'm not thinking of doing anything." And she says, "She had this going to sound." 
mental but and I'm not re- I'm not holy or religious I love this but this she is said right to me um, it, that she had a vivid dream it wasn't a dream it was like a, a, a visit if you like and she said um, Nicole was talking to, to me but my cousin couldn't see me I was behind the door and it was in the sitting room and in the background on the telly um, Codaline was playing Follow Your Fire and I never heard of that song before and Nicole said to the person behind the door, she says, no, we don't want you up here yet. Uh, you're not, uh, no, we don't, we don't want you up here yet. You've too much work to do. And I hadn't a clue what that was all about. But the next day, um, my, I, brought, I stopped off at the garage and I brought my son and said, will you get us a role in the garage? And um, he went into the garage and I won't listen to the radio, even today, in case a song comes on that. Nicole liked or I'd say she would have loved that song so I, I kind of avoid listening to songs on the radio but that day I turned on the radio and Follow Your Fire came on the chorus of Follow Your Fire and I hadn't a clue what, what what's too much work what too much work I've had to do and it was only now that I realised what work I, I had to do in bringing the law in and, but just so many so many other things I know I know I know no one can touch her now no one can hurt her now She's safe where she is, and I know she she's always going to be with me. So, I know you just read a book recently called Signs, you know, yeah. and it talks about this either through music, through numbers, through uh, colors and feathers yeah. and like yeah. and that the, oh, the, yeah. the hairs on my neck and all over, goosebumps all over. And that really resonates with me. It's yeah. it's 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 beautiful, but also yeah. very painful. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's lovely that she's witch and you can still feel her in your heart yeah definitely you said a couple of minutes ago jackie that uh things started to go bad things started to go wrong yeah. is is it okay to talk about that yeah please? yeah that's fine um as i said nicole was happy um growing up all the way through and she couldn't wait until she reached the age of 18 so she could go to her first nightclub and she had tried to get into nightclubs before, but she was only my height. She was five foot, and she, sometimes she looked about twelve going out. And there wasn't a hope that she'd get into the nightclub. So, she um, when she turned eighteen, she couldn't wait, and she had um, she was friends with this boy, who uh, she thought was her best friend um, at the time. Um, they did everything together. They shared everything. He used to come down to court and with us all the time. And um, they went to the pictures. And um, they were best friends. And uh, weirdly enough, his birthday was on the same day as Nicole's. So they both um, went off to the nightclub. And um, the first few months was, was was grand. She'd come home and she'd tell me, you know, what a great night she had, and and had a few drinks, and um, she loved to dance and sing. And I always say, poor Cole. Um, although she loved to sing, she she hadn't got a note in her head. She was the most horrendous singer that you could <laughs> ever hear. And and it's it's funny because even driving down to Wexford, uh, it takes about an hour and fifteen minutes. And the boys would be in the back of the car, and Nicole would be in the car th- beside me, and she'd have her earphones in, and she'd have like Chris Brown or Drake or Tupac on, and it was the longest bloody hour and 15 minutes going down because I could only hear Nicole singing where she she could hear the song and the music in her earphones but I could only hear her singing but it it didn't matter when she went out she just loved to sing and dance and be normal you know just have a few drinks and it started off with with two girls in particular and one of the girls has since moved to England and her mum has disowned her for what she did to Nicole and but she also gave me all the messages and all the threatening messages and said the reason why the bullying started was through jealousy alone. 
and it was because this main girl she liked Nicole's friend the boy and the only way she could get closer to this boy was to make friends with Nicole and that's what she did and everything was fine at, uh, you know for for a while but then when she realized that um the boy wasn't interested in her or didn't want to be with her she she had to take it out on someone and um, she she kind of formed a little group by the time Nicole died it was up to 25 people against her but at the start of it she got about six or seven people in her little group because she was a coward she couldn't bully Nicole on her own she had to have uh, a group with her and um, it started off with little little things like they trip her up and um, or push her into into stuff but then it got more serious when um Nicole would go down to in the nightclub she'd go down to the smoking area with another friend it, 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 one of her, her um, she was a girl um, that she used to hang around with and they'd go down to the smoking area but what was happening was these people would gather around Nicole and they started to put the cigarette butts out onto her skin they'd, they'd put it on her arm or on her leg but because there was loads of people watching they go oh sorry Cole that was an accident oh yeah okay I didn't mean it but Nicole suffered a physical abuse and mental abuse for three and a half years and born in her was a regular thing um, and always apologised and then Nicole would get up and dance on the dance floor you know some of the nights and they'd gather around her and they'd pretend to dance with her but they'd give her an elbow in the face or an elbow in the chest and knock her on the ground but to everyone else it looked like an accident because they'd be helping her up off the ground and saying, oh, are you okay? And another time Nicole was coming out of the bathroom in the nightclub and two of the girls were walking towards her and um, they pushed her so hard into the corner of the table, they dislocated to Nicole's hip. Um, and another, another time there was a, a metal flight of stairs in the nightclub and one of them got her by the hair and literally dragged her down, bounced her down every every metal step that was that was in the nightclub. Um they could they any chance they get they'd beat her up and and um and, and bear in mind I told you Nicole was eighteen. The main girl that I'm that that started this, she was twenty three. Um so they, these aren't like kids, do you know what I mean? She was she these were adults and another time two two of the girls that Nicole taught were Nicole's friends, they um, actually burned her with the curling tongs when they were in Nicole's room. They stuck it to her and started laughing. And these these two girls were mothers. They had kids of their own. So we're not talking about uh, teenagers. teenagers. No, these were adults and, and mothers and that, that, that were targeting her. Um, they made a fake um, profile page called Saoirse and they said that they were going to get her till the end and that they were going to beat her up so badly and leave her on life support machine and that that was the the physical abuse that went on for the three and a half years but in between that as well was the online abuse they Nicole I told you Nicole never suffered with anxiety but what was happening was when Nicole was started to, when she was going out at the weekends and um, she would get ready and she'd be all done up but then I'd hear her thrown up in the bathroom and getting sick and I used to go up and I'd hold her hair back and I'd be rubbing her back and I'd, I'd, I'd be saying Cole would you not just stay in with me and um, you know I knew she'd be safer at home she she always says no ma'am um, why should I have to stay in why why can't I go out and have a laugh and a few drinks and, and she was 100% right she should have been able to but Nicole would always go out with that fake smile on her face 
and she'd always say, um, I'm not going to let them win. So she'd have that smile on her face, um, pretending that she was okay, not realising that she was thrown up and, um, you know, so nervous going out. But they went on to, uh, they started to go online then, and Nicole never answered them. She never responded once to them, but every day there'd be something like on the likes of Snapchat that would only last, say, for 10 seconds or or WhatsApp, they joined in a WhatsApp group and spread so many fishes rumours against uh, about her. They put up a video on WhatsApp of some random girl and the girl's face was blurred out, but this girl was with three men and they shared that all around saying, look what Nicole's up to. But every day they would say, go hang yourself, um, go slit your wrists, are you still here? You know, um, everyone hates you, why aren't you dead yet? And they also sent their videos of um, of a noose um, on how to hang yourself. So this was this was constant. Uh, if it was not physical abuse, it was the the online abuse. Um, you know, and I, and I was losing that. I was losing the cold. Not had. To, I didn't have a clue what was ahead of us. But uh, you know, her smile was gone. Her confidence was gone. She was staying in her room a lot. Um, you know, she was watching Netflix. She was sleeping a lot. She she used to cry herself um, to sleep every night and she'd wake up the next morning feeling just as sad as she did the night before and then one day um, I came home and Nicole had taken an overdose and I thought that was myself and Nicole's worst worst nightmare not having a clue what was ahead of us um, brought her to a Tala hospital and um, she was on a drip we myself and Nicole stayed in there for four nights but she was let down because when she, she got out, she was sent to CAMS and she sat in front of the main guy in CAMS and she was sobbing, sobbing her heart out. And he said to her, it's just a phase you're going through. It's all part of life. Uh, do you know? What the fuck? It, that's not a phase that anyone should go through, Matt. And it's certainly not all part of life that someone burns you or dislocates your hips or beats you up or, you know. Oh. Yeah, so I, took, I took her out, out of there. Um, but yeah, I was losing losing Cole at that stage. Um, I walked into her room one night and she had um, like pajama shorts on her and she had got her nails. Now this is the, the, the person that never suffered with anxiety, never suffered with mental health. And but she had got her nails and she, she dug them so deep into her skin, so deep into her legs and so deep into her belly. And, she got her nails and dug them so deep onto her face until she, she, she bled and, you know, it was affecting her so much. And one, one time I walked into her room after the overdose and um, I always lay on the bed with her and we'd have the chats and, you know, I'm trying to build her up all the time. And she said to me, Mum, I can't do this anymore. And she was, she was sobbing her heart out and she said, the only reason why I can't kill myself, Mum, is because... I don't want to leave you heartbroken, and that's the type of person Nicole was. She, she, um, she never thought she wasn't thinking of herself. She knew, she knew how devastated and heartbroken I'd be, and and, but she still held on for that three and a half years, and um, because she was a fighter, you know. She and she, she knew she she didn't want to leave me. She didn't want to die, you know. Um, but they they just never. They never left her alone. Jesus. Um, what kind of support, if any, did you get any support? Guards, schools, 
Well, she was uh, 18, so she wasn't in school at the time. But we did, when they made the fake um, profile and threatened to to say that they'd beat her up so badly and leave her on life support machine, we did go down to the guards and because Nicole was over 18, I couldn't make the the statement for her. And she goes, she said in front of the guard, she says, Mum, I can't make a statement because imagine the guards going to their house um, to these adults' house, not kids. And um, imagine the guards going to their house. She, she said, "Ma'am, they'd kill me." And she was so she's she was so terrified of making a statement, and um, because she knew she knew what she'd what would happen, um, when she went to the guards. So no support in the community, no support from the guards. No, there was not nothing. It was just so it was that powerlessness. Um, you know, and at this stage, the, the 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 group was getting bigger and bigger as well. And 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 remember what I said at the start: this was all because this one girl couldn't get the boy she wanted. That's all. Nothing, nothing else um, to it. Um, no, she was just. It, it's the perilousness. And um, when Nicole took the overdose as well, the doctor said to her, um, "Do you regret it?" And Nicole said, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, that's good." And she goes, "No, I regret it. Didn't work." And when you hear that, the like the, the fear, the panic that just comes over you, um, it was I. It was up to myself and my family to try and get Nicole back to having her, her smile again. And, um, and Nicole loved McDonald's. She absolutely loved McDonald's, and she'd be up in her room and she'd sometimes call me Jackers. And when she called me Jackers, I knew she was looking for something, right? And she'd be up in her room, she'd text me and she'd go, yup, Jackers, are we going to Mackers? And I used to text back to her and say, no, you can't keep eating that crap. But you know what, Matt, a half an hour later, we'd be in, sitting in McDonald's just to, to get her out of her room or we'd go shopping or we'd go to Bray or any, anywhere just to, to get her out of her room. But um, every night, um, she'd always sit at the end of my bed when, when we're going to bed and she'd always give me a hug and a kiss. But every single night for forever she she'd always when she'd go when she's getting up to leave after giving me a hug and a kiss she'd, oh, she'd always go night ma'am i love you and i'd always say night cocoa pops i used to call her cocoa pops and i say night cocoa pops i love you too and but i'd hear her um in her room and she she'd she'd be crying herself to sleep and she'd she'd wake up the next morning feeling just as sad as she did the night before so it was that battle of trying to trying to get my little girl back um you know to to some sort of happiness not not to wear a fake smile but to have a real smile Mm. it it just seems like you and her were just in quicksand and Mm. it's just getting harder and harder and no support so you like as a parent how did you get through that like like what what was that like for you, that whole experience? You as a parent, it's just it's just a constant, constant worry, especially after finding her, taking an overdose. Um, I'd always, I'd always ring her for stupid things, you know, just, just to, to, to get yeah, to, yeah, to get her yeah. to answer the phone. Um, if she if she'd go for a walk, I was I was constantly saying where are you. Sometimes I'd get into the car just to check on her. Um, it was just that fear, constant fear of um because. The bullying, the, and I hate saying bullying. Bullying to me is a, a real schoolyard playground word. Do you know what I mean? It's it. She was tortured and tormented, tortured. and that's only some of the stuff that I'm saying. Like the the stuff she did. Um. So I knew what what way her mind was, and she wasn't she wasn't in a good place at all. So uh, yeah, it was just constant fear. 
um, constant checking up on her and and constantly trying to 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 build her back up in some kind of way. So you both lost your life for three years, and yeah. now for the rest of your life, you have yeah. to carry this. Yeah. And um, 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 and at what point did it did it turn? Um, <coughs> things started to t- turn around for the better, believe it or not, and. Um, when this was happening in the nightclubs, Nicole never went to the same nightclub for the same abuse. She would go to different nightclubs, um, but they would, you know, with the likes of the apps and all. They, if you want to find out where people are, they'll find you. So these people used to go down to different nightclubs with Nicole. But um, the where it went really bad was... Um, I'll take you back to Christmas and um, her very last Christmas together. Um, I didn't know it was our, our, our last Christmas. It was Nicole's favourite time of the year. She loved it and we'd all go down to my mum's house and we'd have all the aunties and cousins and, and um, you know, everyone would gather in my mum's house and only for Nicole taking photographs, we'd have no photographs. She always took the, the, the selfies and the pictures. But that last Christmas that I spent with her, um, she had taken photographs individually one of her and her nan, one of her and her granddad, who she absolutely idolised, and um, one of each cousin, one of each auntie, one of me. But I didn't know at the time that that's the way she did it, you know. But um, Christmas, she started to go out with my niece and her friends, and she knew all my niece's friends, so she was grand, and she she'd go out to a nightclub, and um, one one time, just after Christmas, when she was in the nightclub. When she was in the other nightclub, she'd always ring me after an hour, say, and she'd go, quick, ma'am, quick, come and get me, because they were going to hurt her, and, or maybe she'd last two hours, and I'd have to fly down and get her. But this particular night, she went to the nightclub, and she didn't ring me. And I was ringing her, and I didn't get any answer, and what was going through my head was, um, they're at the getting her, they're at the finding her, and, you know, I never went to bed when she went out anyway, because I was al- always ready to, to, to go out and and grab her you know but she rang me at about half three quarter four in the morning and she got into the car and matt i'm not i'm not joking the the smile on her face she had she literally genuinely had a great night she was laughing she was telling me all about the night i could see my nicole again you know and and i was so happy and 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 she went she went to the nightclub again and everything was fine and I thought things were turning around, they're going to leave her alone. And obviously they were still doing the, the online stuff to her, but they weren't following her to, to this nightclub and she was coming out happy. Her last, her very, very last night she went out was uh, New Year's Eve and she had a brilliant night and she was taking videos and I can hear her laughing in the videos and, you know, just to hear her laughing and um, brilliant night but where where it all went wrong was um on the 17th of january which was a wednesday nicole was getting ready to you know preparing to go out for the saturday night she had her eyebrows booked everything and she said "Mum, do you want to go go over to um lippy valley shop center and um we get some clothes and i said yeah delighted she was coming out and she was happy looking forward to going out on the saturday night and um she bought she bought this little uh, little red dress and that red dress is um, hanging in my wardrobe now with the tags still on them because she never got to wear it. Um, on, the, on that night she was in my room, 
the usual and she go night mom I love you and I said night cocoa pops I love you and I didn't hear her cry when she went into her bedroom that night she she and I and I was so relaxed I was saying everything's turned around everything's going to be okay and but um the next day the 18th of January um it wasn't unusual not to see Nicole and she was still in bed and my dad has Alzheimer's and I would always go down to, to, to my mum's, you know, a few times during the week, but I would always go down on the 18th was a tourist day and I'd always go down on a tourist day while my mum did uh, the shopping, I'd mind my dad. But I got home to my house at 20 past three and I dropped my one of my sons to work and went on around to collect my 14-year-old son leave from school. When we got to the house, um, we opened the door and Lee was standing right beside me so we, we were both kind of coming in the door at the same time and right in front of uh, right in front where we walked in Nicole had got this step this step ladder and she has a boxer dog Bruce and she had put Bruce up in the bedroom and she had got the step ladder and um, Bruce's dog's lead and she was um, hanging from the banisters um, in the hallway the minute we walked in um, I didn't scream or, 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 or roar, I don't know what it was, it was like a hell, just, I don't know, I couldn't even describe the sound I made and I ran over to her and because she was at a height, I put my arms around her legs to try and lift her up to get some of the weight off her neck and Lee, Lee ran halfway up the stairs and unhooked the dog's lead. Um, I thought she was going to be heavy. My my worst fear was that she was going to bang her head off the 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 frame of the door. But when she when she came down, I didn't even feel her. She was still alive. She still had a heartbeat. She was still warm. And I lay her down on the floor, and I rang the the, the ambulance, and I had them on loudspeaker, and they were I was doing CPR on call, and all I kept saying to her was just hold on baby I said you're going to be okay um I'm gonna you know it, it, everything's going to be fine and they took her into the, the, the when the ambulance crew came they took her into the into the kitchen and I was taken into the sitting room and I just I begged them and said can I just go out and hold her hand I just needed I said she needs me right now and I just wanted to hold her hand and they said that you can't when they took her into the ambulance, I didn't know this until afterwards. Um, on the way to the hospital, Nicole took a massive heart attack and died. But do you remember that strong, brave girl that I was telling you about that still went there with that smile on her face? Or, or that girl that held on because she didn't want to leave me heartbroken. That's how strong she was. They got her heartbeat back again in, in the ambulance. When we got to the hospital, I'd only about I I had about five seconds with her. Um, I don't know how I got to the hospital first, and I'd about five seconds with her when they took her out of the ambulance. And I says, I said, you're going to be okay, baby. And I I rubbed her face or her hair. Um, they took her off me, and do you remember I said at the start that these people were going to leave her on life support machine, and. Um, that's exactly what they did. They left her. The uh, goat was put on life support machine, and um, I had two days with her. Um, two of two of the most important days with her. She was 
um, the doctor had called myself and my two boys into the into a room and Lee, um, my 14-year-old son, he said, is she going to be OK? And the doctor said, just straight out, he said, no, she's going to die. And he said that she's... she's that she had extensive brain damage and that her organs were going to start to shut down. And although I was, I was hearing what he said, I was still thinking that Nicole was going to come home with me. That's I, 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 I couldn't comprehend what he was saying, even though I heard, I heard what he was saying. Um, I remember going like rubbing her face and her cheek, and I just said to her, um, "Cole, if you just open your eyes, just open your eyes for five seconds and just go, yup, Jackers." Are we going to Macros? That's all I wanted to hear her say, but um, she never got to do that. Um, the weird thing is as well, your, my mind was all over the place. Uh, and when she was lying in intensive care, Lee actually um, collapsed and he was taken to another part of the hospital where he was sedated. So Lee was in another part of the hospital and, and I was with Nicole, so it was just... Everything was just all over the place and... This is going to sound weird, what I'm going to say, but um, I thought she was coming home with me. I still thought she was coming home. And when myself and Lee walked into the hallway, Nicole was in a in her house coat and her hair was all over the place. And I remember looking at her on the bed and my family and her friends were coming in, in not, to, not to see her in hospital, but to say goodbye. And I remember when I said, all I said to her was, Jesus, Cole, look at the state. You didn't even wash your hair. I imagine even thinking of that because I thought she was coming home so I washed her hair and she was in the bed and I put lip gloss on her and I painted her nails and I said you're going to thank me for this when you go home, come home because you're going to say scarlet ma'am um, you know with our friends coming in and I said I thought she was going to say thanks ma'am still thinking that she was coming home with me Um. On the 20th of January, uh, the Saturday morning, that was the the morning that uh, uh, she was supposed to go out that Saturday night and Nicole's heartbeat started going all erratic and um, her blood pressure was all over the place and the nurse that was minding Cole with me, um, she came over to me and she put her hand on my shoulder and she said it's time. And I knew exactly what that meant. Um, I got up on the bed beside her. And I was rubbing her cheek and rubbing her hair. And the only thing I said to her was, I said, just let go, baby. I said, because no one is ever, ever going to hurt you again. I said, no one is ever going to touch you again. And the very last words that I ever got to say to her was, um, I love you, go, go, pups. And then she died. I think it, it was two days after that that um, the main girl that I was telling you about, she put up on um, Facebook this how fake people can be and how fake Facebook can be. She put up on um, on Facebook. Um, oh, so sad. Um, rest in peace, Coley. Um, if anyone is is if this is happening to any anyone, you can come and talk to me. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. 
this is the person that, that murdered Nicole. Nicole didn't take her own life, ma. They took it. They took it from her. And she's putting up on Facebook, you know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel, but the, the other group that she had formed, they were all putting up, oh, rest in peace, Coley. And, and then there was people commenting on it, asking them, are you okay? I'm sorry to hear about your friend. And that just sickened me. All, it, it just sickened me so much that, you know, after what they did, unnecessary, all because this one adult couldn't get the boy she wanted. Um, and, and they were pretending that Nicole was their friend. And was, wow, was there ever any confrontation with them? Did you ever speak to them or did you ever, did you approach these girls or? I never want to see them. Um, I never, I, um, <coughs> To be honest, I moved out of Glundalkin because, um, you know, if I needed bread or milk, I couldn't even go to the shops. I'd have to go to Tallaght to get bread and milk and stuff. Because if I seen um, any of them walking down the road while I was in the car, would I have, would I have accelerated? More than likely, yeah. I don't want to see any of them. I knew, I knew every one of the bullies. Nicole knew every one of them. I knew their families. Like I knew all these people. Um, no, but I, 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 I never want to see them. Never wanted to see them. Never apologize. I don't want their apology either. No. No, they just kind of hiding as if it wasn't them. Well, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to sit with that, live with that for the rest of their life. You know, they know the truth, and mm. you know, no matter what you say or do, they they have to live with that. Mm. You know, they know. They know what they did, and as you say, mm. they weren't children; they mm. were they were adults. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly like um, I don't know. I suppose karma, maybe karma. Those come back around. Um, I'm hoping. <laughs> Everybody has to pay their due, you know. Uh, if that's the kind of work you did, you're gonna have to pay back, and somehow. And I don't mm. wish bad on anyone, mm. but there has to be reciprocity, you know. Mm. Uh, so. What was the next uh, step then for you? Uh, what? Um, how did you get through that? Like I can't imagine the 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 first year, Matt. This is probably going to sound weird, but the first year was the easiest because you're numb. You haven't a clue what's going on. You're in a daze. It's like it's like you're looking at someone else's. It's it's like you're not really. It's not really happening. You're not present. You're no, not, in not your body. at all. So the first year, I didn't realise at the time, but the first year was the easiest. It's only after, <coughs> after the first year when reality kicks in, when, when you know she's not coming home, um, or you know you're not going to feel her skin when you're giving her a hug or or hear her say I love you. And the guards came to my house, and and even though I had everything on the phone, all the the messages and the video of the news and I had I had everything on um I had all the proof and the, the guard said to me that um they done nothing wrong. Um they said that uh, it's th there's no legislation in Ireland um it's not a criminal offence to annihilate anyone online at that time. You could I, I could have you as a friend on Facebook at that time and and tear you down and there's there's nothing you could have done about illegally um because there was no law there. There was no legislation, and I was going to say to protect vulnerable people, but it's not. It's not only vulnerable people that get targeted online. It's you could be the strongest person. 
in the world and still get dragged down if people want to drag you down so much they can still still drag you down but there was nothing nothing there to protect them so um i'd make a choice um after nicole died um i slept in her room uh to be around all her stuff and um, the house coat that i found nicole in was the last thing that touched her skin and I sleep with that every night and even when we go to school or we have to stay over somewhere that comes with me um, and I remember lying in, in, in our bed one night and I was sobbing and um, I was so close to just wanting to go with her um, it was like I'm in the middle and my boys and my family are on one side and Nicole's on the other side somewhere somewhere where she shouldn't be she should be at home with her mum and just that the longing to be to, to just see her um, and that's when I got the phone call from from my cousin Dan to say, "What are you up to?" That that did change. Um, I don't know how real it is, but it did. It was real in, in my real. head enough to 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 say, "Well, I must have something to do." Um, I have too much work to do. Don't know what they mean, but I decided um, hard decision: either go to call or do something about it. But I chose to 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 do something about it and try and bring in. Um, a legislation to protect victims um, that were going through the same thing um, that Nicole was going through, but also to to not make another family feel the way I feel even today. Um, so yeah, I just um, we went in. I I hadn't got a clue what I was doing, and even halfway through, I was still winging it all the way. I, did, I didn't. I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know how to get it. No. I learned quickly. Yeah. Um, I got meetings uh, with, with TDs in, in the Dáil. Um, I had a protest outside, a, a couple of protests outside Leinster House. I had a huge march through Dublin City and everyone brought a single pink bloom for coal. Um, and the TDs in Minster at this time still wasn't listening to me. They were kind of like, that's not going to happen, you know, a little snigger. And, and there's two things I always say, Matt, is one, never say no to an Irish mammy because um, that doesn't go down well and especially when they're trying to fight for, for, for their kids but to say no to a grieving Irish mammy just would just piss you off altogether so much and that kind of put the, the fire in my belly to say uh, uh, no I'll do this um, it was the Irish people it was Facebook um, the social media that, that helped me um, Social media can be great when you need it, but we can also have its dark side, as you know. And um, I shared Nicole's, I hate saying story, because she's so much more than a story, um, but I shared it all around. I got on um, the TV, loads of TV programs and radio stations, newspapers. So many parents um, were saying, this is happening to my daughter or my son or my brother or my sister and all, and everyone started sharing everything. Um, I had. I, I I was kind of getting somewhere in 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 the doll at this stage, but and um, then the the minister ministers and TDs were starting to um, use the word Coco's law, and the reason why um, it was I wanted Coco's law was because when even though our, our name was Nicole, when when Nicole was born, my nine month old nephew he was only learning how to talk, and he couldn't say many words, and he couldn't say Nicole, and he could only call her Coco, and that's where that's where her her baby name kind of stuck with her all the way up and um, 
I I had a meeting. One one guy changed, turned it all around for me, and that was Brendan Howland from Labour. And um, he took me on. He was he was absolutely fantastic. And he said to me, um, we we'll, we'll we'll bring in the legislation. We'll work on this. We'll get this done. And I said, there's two things I want. One is the legislation, and the other one has to be called Coco's Law. And I remember. Brendan sitting there and saying, "Well, you know, we we can work on the legislation, but I don't know if you're going to get it." And I said, "Stop, stop right now!" And I said, "There's two things, two things I want: is the legislation and Coco's law." And he he went to say, "Well, yeah," and I said, oh, "I don't, I don't want to hear it. Don't, don't even tell me. There's two things, Matt, that I needed, and that was the law and Nicole's legacy." I always said to my mum that I didn't want her. For to be forgotten, um, I I promised her when I didn't go with her that time that I that I make sure that she'll always be remembered. Um, I needed a Coco's law. I needed her legacy. I needed I needed it not to be unnecessary or you know for her to die for nothing. You know, so I was I was aiming for the two things and um, the 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 TDs and ministers. They started to use the, in you know, in meetings that they had and live on the telly. They, they, I could hear them saying Coco's law, Coco's law, and, and I'm going, wow, this, this might actually work. Um, on the, on the 28th of December, 2020, um, Coco's law was coming in. It was being named Coco's law. Uh, it's also there's a, there, there was another name with a, uh, the harmful harassment communication. Re- related offence bill uh, I barely I struggled to even <laughs> say that um, but they were starting Coco's Law Coco's Law and I'm going wow this might happen but um, 10 days before 10 days before Coco's Law was to come in on the 28th of December Helen McEntee um, she was only made Minister for Justice in September and um, I only got out of share and I got on Facebook and I found out on Facebook that they weren't calling the Coco's Law, that she wasn't calling the Coco's Law. She wanted to call it a harmful harassment communication related bill. And she was on Facebook and Messenger and I sent her a video and I didn't think she was going to reply. I didn't think she was going to look at it, but she did. And I said to her, if you do that, and I was so respectful. I never had a loud voice all the way campaigning. I never disrespected anyone. But I said to her, um, if you do that, if you take Coco's name over you were going to put the final nails in my coffin and and i meant it um we were talking about gary there um i rang gary and uh i could i was crying that much i couldn't even catch my breath i couldn't i couldn't breathe and i said to gary that um that they're, they're not going to call a coco's law and i said i might as well just give up that's the way i felt and i said i might as well give up and, and gary says right go on give up Ring, get off this phone and ring Brendan Howland and say, um, that 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 you're giving up, you're not going anymore. He said, um, quit, get off it. And Gary, even though he's my best friend, um, he hung up on me, <laughs> and I I I just said, arsehole, because <laughs> he hung up on me. And what I did, I said about pissing off a grieving Irish mammy, I said, well, I'll show him now. I got on to Brendan Howland and arranged a meeting with him. I got on to March for Justice at Ireland, who was helping me at this stage. I had Zoom meetings set up. I'd uh, ready to, to cause bleeding murder. And um, 
Gary rang me back up. I wasn't going to answer him. Um, I did answer him and he goes, well, what did you do? And I told him everything I did and he goes, that's my girl. He knew that if he pissed me off that much that he knew I'd, I'd do something about it, you know. Um, Helen McEntee arranged a meeting with me face to face and um, I went into the Department of Justice. They had a big, huge round table in front of us and um, she had all our legal team and, you know, they were all in their suits and their glasses were halfway down their nose and they were looking at me and I had me and two lads from March for Justice. But that week, I don't know what Helen McEntee did, but she was she was in trouble that week and she was called the Ice Queen. And all I kept thinking was, how am I going to melt the Ice Queen when I go in? How am I going to do this? Um, she also announced that week that she was pregnant. So I brought in four photographs and I sat in front of her. I told her, I told her everything and I put one photograph in front of her, which was a baby scan. And I said, there's where you are right now and there's Nicole's baby scan. It was a lie I told. I didn't get a baby scan when Nicole was there. Uh, I didn't get a photograph um, when Nicole um, in the in the baby scan. It was actually Lee, her brother's scan, but you couldn't tell at that stage. <laughs> but, oh, but I just said, there's, you're pregnant now and there's Nicole's um, baby scan. And the, the another picture, the second picture I put down was Nicole at her christening and I said there's where you're going to be when your baby's born and then the, the third picture I put down was uh, Nicole in her communion dress and she was so small and petite she was like a, a, a little fairy in it and I said there's you're going to have your child's communion but the fourth photograph I put down is is a photograph that I, I, I I've never seen or never ever ever want to see and um, and when I put it down, I tore my head and I put it down in front of her and that was a picture of Nicole in her coffin. And I said to her, there's where you are right now, your baby scan, and there's where I am. But Gary said to me, don't take your eyes off her, just keep just keep looking at her. And I kept looking at her. The two lads beside me, they were yammering with the, the legal team and I just kept staring at Helen McEntee and she just nodded her head. And I remember just saying thank you. I hadn't a clue what I was thanking her for, but I knew she got me. And the reason why I knew she got me as well was two years before that, her dad took his own life due to online bullying. So she she wow. she suffered that as well. Um, so she got me. Um, she was fantastic. Um, I have she is actually she's a lovely she she she's a lovely woman. She gave me um a memorandum. Um, where when you look up Coco's Law, Nicole has her own memory. I, ha I, I brought it with me there. Um, I just can't remember reading it out, but um, she gave Nicole's own memorandum. Um, President Higgins signed uh, into the Irish Irish statute book. So long after war gone, well after war gone, it's going to, uh, it'll be in the Irish statute books forever and ever and ever. Um, Coco's Law will be. Um, we'll walk, uh, uh, we're working with Webwise. Um, with the schools and um, working with uh, DCU, and um, she gave me she gave me so much more than 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 what I asked. Um, but I remember when um, it was a huge bittersweet moment when Cole's, when Coco's law was passed because um, you know I people were had the protection now of online bullying that Nicole never had. 
Um, and, I'm, and, I, and I'm glad for that. And people always said to me, oh, you must be so proud of yourself. Um, I struggle with, proud, with pride because I always said if this law had been in before Nicole died, maybe she, she'd be still here. You know, if I had something to the guards or something or a law that I could have walked on with her, you know, and, and um, so it was hard to be proud. Um, and and at the end of the day, it was a huge bitter moment because uh, it didn't change anything for me. I'm not going. I'm not going to get to see cold smile anymore or or a hugs. It changes nothing for for me, but it does change a lot for for everyone else now. Um, and people always said, "Oh, you're so strong." Um, I'm not. I wasn't strong. Um, I chose to fight for Coco's law as a survival mode, as a, a plan or a focus, so I wouldn't go with Cole. And that's why I I I, I did it as well. But um, no one seen the way I was at home. Um, and still are. And still are. And still am. Yeah. Um, you know, and everyone's saying how strong I was. But when 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 Cole's law was passed, I. I went back to my mum's house and my mum was about to give me a hug and I just, I just broke down and I said, oh, I just, all I want is Nicole. Um, when it was passed, a lot of people didn't notice. Um, my immune system was gone. Um, I stopped eating altogether. Um, the doctors wanted to take me into the hospital and, and I wouldn't go. Um, I stayed in bed for I don't know how long. I shut everyone out. Didn't want to talk to anyone. Um and and why people were still saying, Oh, you must be so happy. You must be delighted with yourself with the law. And and they meant well. Don't get me wrong, like they they they, they were all happy that was true. Um, they just thought I was as well. But That brings you uh that brings you no uh peace. That doesn't bring you any uh help you know that's not going to ease your pain nothing is going to ease that pain no. that's something just separate yeah. you know that's just something for the future and again as you said and rightly so you're still angry i shouldn't even have been be fighting for this fucking thing mm -hmm. this just should have been in already and this may have prevented what i this would have helped my pain yeah in the first place yeah. prevention is better than fucking cure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i would have had something to go on like but there was no nothing there for for coal at the time and with, with, with the law that's in now it's not only um it's not only online bullying it's uh the intimate images as well um as part of coco's law where um you used to be able to share images or um all over you know it wasn't a criminal it wasn't against the law to share images and you know <coughs> boys are going out with boys or boys are going out with girls whatever the situation is and they think they're madly in love and you know they're going to last forever and they, they send Im intimate images of of themselves to each other and i always say in the schools um you know when you send an image to someone um ask yourself is it, is it something that you'd show your mum and dad first or your nanny and granddad not a hope in hell would they you know and i always say to them then don't put it on social media for everyone to see where before Coco's Law was, um, came in, people could share those images 
and destroy someone, you know, just destroy someone that just sent an image thinking that was going to stay with that person. You know, it's th that also can kill someone. Um, but now it's it's it, there's a legislation in where you can't share any images of anyone, um, not only on social media, you can't even share it to your friend without that person's consent. It is against the law to share any intimate images. Um, and not only intimate images, do you know, the likes of a car crash, um, there was a nasty one at that mm. time when, and, and people stopping and taking photographs. You can't do that. You're sharing, it's not an intimate image, but it's a, an, an image that you, you're not supposed to share on online. You can't be sharing things like that either. You can't be charged for that now. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that, Jesus. Mm. So you were struggling uh, to leave the house, get out of bed. Where did you... Where, what was the pivotal point for, for the work that you're doing today? We're going to the schools and... Gary. Yeah. He um, he was working in the background more, uh, but when Coco's Law came in, um, everyone... How do I put this? And I mean this in a very nice way. Um, everyone was a, a yes person to me. And I mean, what I mean by that is, they didn't want to upset me. So no matter what I wanted to do, they, they, they'd agree with me or say yes to me. Um, Gary's not like that at all. <laughs> no one did. Um, it was it was damaging me. He knew already. I hadn't. I wasn't eating. I wasn't. Um, he gave me the push that I needed. Um, he never left me. He he believed. He he said, "What will make you?" happy in any way what 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 is it that you know the, the the right step to go into and i said all i want is some kind of normal i wasn't going to be doing cartwheels or somersaults around the place i just wanted some kind of normal um to just to try and carry on every day and um, he showed me that at this point now even though i miss cole every second i miss her so much and um, now I know it's it's okay to to laugh, it's okay to smile, and still miss Cole. And um, he he's shown me that. Um, he's just he's he's just been amazing. He's done. He's he's never left me side. He's he's just he's so protective of me as well. And he just. Uh, I remember one day, he said to me on one of my another one of my darkest days, and I rang him and he. Uh, he said to me, I was, I was in bed and, and he said, Shut, close your eyes. And he said, I'm on a train. And he said, now just visualize this. He said, I'm on a train and this train is about to pull off and I'm holding my hand out. You either come and get on this train with me or stay where you are. So he said, if you want your some kind of normal, close your eyes and put your hand out and hold my hand while this train is pulling off. I know that sounds... I love it. Yeah, and he said, if you don't hold my hand while the train's pulling off, you'll never get that some kind of normal. You'll stay where you are. And I did close my eyes and I put my hand out and he said, have you got my hand? And I said, yeah. And he said, I promise you, I promise you, I'll never let your hand go. And he hasn't, he hasn't let me hand go. He's, he's, he's kept me here. He's given me, he's, he's, I forgot how to smile. I, I, I the guilt I don't feel guilty anymore. I didn't. I did everything for Nicole. I took the blame. I took the guilt of what these people did. I, I, I kicked myself around. You know what I mean. I was beating myself up, but 
now I know that it wasn't me. That was these the, the other people that that did it. But I was just beating myself up. But now I don't I don't have any guilt in my head. Um, and that's that's what was weighing me down a lot. Um, and I felt guilty if if I went out anywhere. Um, even even today, Nicole's gone four years, and I don't go to any family family events. I don't I don't go. Out I don't drink really anyway, but I don't go out to the pub, I don't go to <coughs> christenings, birthdays, any family events without coal. Um I still can't still can't do that. I can't I'm not good at socialising. Um at the start it was a guilt thing. How can I go out and, and laugh and but now I just just don't wanna go. <laughs> you know? What makes you happy now? What makes you smile now? Now, it took me a while um, to 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 realise that. You know, I've a lot to be grateful for. Here, um, took me a long time to 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 smile or or be happy. My 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 main thing is keep busy because sometimes if I'm not busy, you know, the likes of the midterm that was gone by, I wasn't doing schools and stuff. Sometimes if I sit in my own thoughts for too long, um, not that I that I want to take my own life or anything. It's just everything yeah, everything gets on heavy. back on top of me. Um what makes me smile now is just everything that I have around me. I've I don't have one negative person in my life. Not one. Um I've great friends. I've only a, a, a very small group of close friends and that's that's all I need. Um I've a great family. I my boys are great. I'm just um when I moved to Wexford I'm I, I live right at the sea. Now um, there's a bench down um, facing the sea with a plaque, with Nicole's plaque on it as well. That's my, a happy, my happy little place. It's not, I don't go down there when I'm sad, but I go down and I read a book in the summer or have a cup of tea or whatever. Sometimes I, me and my friends would sit there and watch the sunrise coming up. Simple light things that, that, that's, that's just nice. Um, walks on the beach. Um, I just, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm still here. Um, as well, so I, I I'm getting there. You know, I I'm I'm I'll never move on. I hate the I hate the, the the words of moving on. I can't how can you? I can't just say I'll oh, move on from all that. There's no, you know? there's no but I on. have moved forward. Yeah, um, I have moved forward. The and grief it, process is not linear. Mm, you know, it's it's yeah. up and down. And you go yeah. back and go back yeah. forward. And when 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 I was campaigning for Coco's Law, I went to a group called Hug, and. Um, H-U-G-G, um, it's a bereavement by suicide group only. So everyone, even the facilitators, are bereaved by suicide. So in that group, everyone understood everyone what they're going through and that I wasn't going mad. I thought I was going mad and um, forgetting everything. I still forget everything, by the way. Um, you know, I, I just thought I was going nuts and I joined this group um, which had been fantastic. But when I joined it, I, I couldn't even mention Nicole's name without crying. Um, but while I was campaigning for Coco's Law, I was also training to be a facilitator for HUG. Um, I did all, all my training, went away for weekends, and did all the everything that I needed to be to be a facilitator. And now I am, I myself and my friend facilitate HUG um, in Tala in the Maldron Hotel in Tala and we have um, a, a, a good sized group that they're only starting off, well some of them are a bit down the line but they, they're 
where I used to be. And that's how I know I've moved forward, <laughs> looking back on where I used to be with that. And now I'm helping people in the whole group uh, through their grief. Mm. And it's and it's helping me as well. It's still kind of counselling for me as well because I'm still yeah. in the group, you know. Absolutely. It's lovely to see you. It's lovely to see you smile right now. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm probably, I'm so enamoured by your your integrity your uh your love in your heart this is you're not bitter and twisted and it's you know it, it mm. it's incredible your strength is obviously your strength mm. but your your dignity mm. as well you know mm. you didn't come here and you don't and i know from just talking to you, ridiculing these other people that you've got so much for no, it's all about nicole yeah and, and you know beautiful. why i don't ridicule, i don't give i i can't give them the time in my head um, if I thought about them all the time, it would just consume the, the anger and the hate. Do I hate them? Yeah, of course I do. But do I let it destroy me? No, I can't because I've so much going on in my head with grief and the facilitating and the school talk. I can't, I can't fit anything else into my head. Do you know, I've, 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 I've enough in my head without giving them the attention in, in, in my brain. Does that does that make sense? Um, um, a million percent. I time. won't let them consume consume me. And but it seems and what it's saying to me subconscious, you're you're driven by love and mm. your love and Nicole. You're not doing this as a as vengeance or no. rip paying back to them. You're turning your poison, you're turning your lead as an alchemist would into gold and your potion yeah. and that's going from the dark into the light yeah. and it's and that's mm. what I'm seeing through this which is mm. so fucking beautiful mm. like Lisa Callagher and Shannon's Hope yeah. you're doing the same thing mm. as painful and bitter as mm. this is mm. you're turning it into to love yeah. in service of Nicole yeah. in her memory where people yeah. had would be they're so caught up with the pain and mm. these fucking people are going to pay yeah I get I I <laughs> I understand that as well. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, people feeling feeling that way. But with me, look at where I am now. Um, how do I put this? I've done what I achieved to do, and it's not get a law in. I did that as well. But what I achieved to do was to 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 keep Nicole to, to keep Nicole's memory alive, um, and to give her our legacy. And I'm. And that's where I learned to move forward a bit as well. When I was campaigning for Coco's Law, I couldn't move in, an inch forward, um, because that was still on my mind. You know, trying to because I did, I was scared that I, I wasn't going to be able to keep my promise to her, and um, you know that I wasn't going to get her, her legacy, and I wasn't going to get the law in. But my, I did what I set out to do, and uh, and that was also. To make Cole proud, as well. Um, so what I'm doing extra after this, that is, is the school talks and stuff. I couldn't. I don't have to do the school talks. I don't have to. I could have just got the law in and just moved on, but that just didn't feel right. I know. You still had work said, to do. Yeah. She said exactly. you have work to do. <laughs> I think. You have I don't think I have a choice. I think. I think my path is just, yeah. and I'm not religious, as I said, but I think. My path is just laid out for me, whether yeah. I like it or not, you know. Yeah, um, you know, it, 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 we 
we all have a purpose mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate you had to find yours through pain and, yeah. and grief and sorrow and horrors yeah. was a message and it's fucking it's 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 incredibly painful but yeah. you, you mm -hmm. handle with so much dignity and integrity it, it's it's beyond belief you know you're, you're an incredible human being <laughs> uh, i don't want to say strong you're more it, like language is very limiting to say you're strong doesn't even fucking put words on it, Jackie. You're just an incredible soul, and it's amazing. I'm just so privileged uh, to do this with you. What what words of I wouldn't say advice. What would you say to parents that may be going through similar experience to you right now? What would you say? How can we help them? Uh, what would what what would your words of experience be? First of all, um, you know, if you're a daughter or son whoever is going through, through any of this is get as much evidence as you can get as much screenshots get as much proof as, as as you can but what i what i was finding now i find the guards have been great with coco's law but there's a catch to it if you say say if someone is going down and they want to make a complaint well that's all they're doing is making a complaint so that complaint is just going to go into the drawer and because you didn't request anything, you didn't ask anything, you just made a complaint about these bullies that are doing this to, to, to your, your son or your daughter. You have all the evidence, so you're making a complaint. That's all you're doing. So what I found was, and, and the guards even said this to me, you have to go down and say, I want all this, all your proof, I want this investigated under Coco's law. So you're requesting it now, it's a law, they have to act on it. But if you just go down, to put in a statement or a complaint that's all you're doing they don't <coughs> have to act on it but if you go down and say i want this investigated under coco's law um they, they're acting on it and um, a lot of the the guards are doing talks about coco's law in schools as well some of them um have done have joined in with me in talks and um, doing one of the guards says that i'm actually teaching him <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, and then I was I, I was saying to Andy there that uh, I had the talk in Kerry, and there was hundreds of uh, they were all sergeants, commissioners, and guards um, that I spoke to um, in Kerry in in some hotel. I can't remember the name of it, but um, I was teaching them of what. Uh, that sounds crazy. That's I know. But yeah. So um, and then. Um, I don't know what I should say. This is kind of, um, I've been um, awarded the freedom of the county. Of Kerry? No. <laughs> of Dublin. What, what are you saying is so sheepishly for? <laughs> so sheepishly, that's gas because what that means is you're allowed to bring a sheep into Stephen's grave. Oh, you're fucking <laughs> joking, Jackie. You're going to be going around with a sheep. And you won't get fined. <laughs> oh, really? But it's actually the highest honorary award that you can get in ireland and on the list have you picked your sheep out yet <laughs> yeah. well, i have a sheepskin rug out there do you want to get it and put it know, around you see what it feels yeah. like it sounds real like that's going back years and years that's and years brilliant ago. yeah you but you know the people that have got this award the, the freedom of the county nelson mandela jfk Pope John Paul, <laughs> I'm on the same list as and Mother Teresa. Yeah. You're up there with Mother Teresa, Jackie Fox, and Mother <laughs> yeah. Teresa. They'll be canonising you. You'll be bottling your piss and they'll be <laughs> selling it down a magic gory. Yeah, and there's loads of. Right, uh, okay. It was supposed to happen. I thought it was a good idea. Um, Nicole's anniversary was the 20th of January. 
Um, I thought it was a good idea to have it on that day, and I was saying I can join Nicole in with it, and she can be proud of me at the same time. Um, when that day came, I couldn't even get out of bed. Um, I cried and cried and cried. It was a stupid idea. I, I thought it was good at the, same, uh, at the time, but I cancelled it. Um, and COVID was still around, so mm. I couldn't have the people that I wanted at it either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now um, it's booked in for the the 22nd of April. Um, I have to sign some script and... Did you, eh? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and you are more than welcome to come here too yeah. if you want as oh, well. I can't wait to meet um, the sheep. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what that that's what that's what uh, that you y- you get the script and it's the highest honorary award. Free, yeah. But what it really means is, yeah, you're allowed to bring a Stephen a sheep into Stephen's screen. You won't you can be fined. Ducks as well, or something, <laughs> isn't it? You can have ducks in Stephen's screen, or something. There's another. Know. Jesus Christ! Um, I know, yeah. <laughs> and it's just funny when you said sheep is. Like yeah, you're like. That's like <laughs> <laughs> just when you said that word as well. I was like, oh, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Uh, what's What's the one thing? you'd like people to take away from this interview after listening to you? Um, you know, if anyone, anyone's listening that is getting bullied, you know, that, that I, I, and I know I, 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 I hate saying the word bullied, but if, you, if you're getting destroyed by anyone on, online and stuff, it's, it's, it's the main thing I find is, is talk about it. Um, don't, don't let it build up because once it gets... It can just get deeper and deeper and deeper into your head, and it's so hard to get it back out. It's, you know, if it's if it's students or or or, or adults, whoever it is, if it, you know, talk to your your teachers, talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to bloody well anyone that 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 you think will listen to you. Don't don't keep it in, and you know, if there is people that are doing that at the moment destroying people thinking that oh sure it's only a bit of fun it's only a bit of banter you know nowhere to to draw the line know when to what you know when it's it's not fun anymore Um, you know don't don't cross that line because um no one no one knows exactly what's going on inside anyone's head like nicole used to go out with that pretend smile on her face that i'm okay and and she wasn't you know you could still go into work and 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 pretend that you're okay or school kids still going into into their class and saying oh you're not bothering me with what you're doing but you don't know when that when those people go home how they're feeling are they self-harming and you know are some of them crying themselves asleep and then going back into work or school putting that fake brave smile on their face you know and and some people thinking they're just having to crack just know let let social media be fun but know where to draw the line as well you know know when 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 to stop you know if you if, if it's hurting people because it, 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 it can kill it has killed yeah. jackie fox <laughs> uh i told gary cunningham i love him but i love you more i love you <laughs> uh you're fucking an incredible human being uh thanks thanks so much for being so vulnerable thanks so much for showing us your heart and in spite of your pain uh I'm just honoured. I really am. I feel privileged to sit here and share this with you. Mm-hmm. You're a beautiful soul, and thanks, Nicole, for 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 keeping you here. Thanks for being with you all the time. Uh, it's just amazing. 
Thanks, 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 thanks. Thank you so much for, for having me here tonight as well. Oh, yeah, Yeah, wow. <clears throat> Guys, thanks for, for watching and listening if you, you're still here with us. Um, please, please, please mind your little self if you've watched or listened to this. Uh, if anything come up for you tonight or today that triggers you, please speak to someone. Please express how you're feeling, how you're thinking, how you're behaving. Share with somebody. Keep yourself safe. I cannot emphasize this anymore. Safety is the number one priority. Please, please stay safe. Talk therapy. If you need to take medication, whatever it is that keeps you psychologically, spiritually, physiologically safe, please, please do that. It's it's paramount. Whatever it takes for you to be safe, I know I'm, I'm begging you to do that. And so if any comes up, please share. If we can help you, put you on to, to some professionals, uh, please contact us. Uh, thanks very much. Please share this. Share this in in memory of Nicole, in in memory in in service of Jackie's amazing work. Please share with family and friends. The more we talk about this, take away the taboo in mental health. Take away the taboo in suicide. It's not for the weak. It's not for the and people don't know. There's loads of talk around that people are weak when they take, when they mm. choose suicide. All that fucking bullshit. People are just so much in pain. They can't struggle with pain. From someone that wanted to take their own life by suicide, just like you, I wanted to not want to be here anymore. So I know what that's like. And it, fuck me, it's not weak. Just the pain gets so hard and it gets so fucking unbearable. Uh, so I know that. Uh, so yeah, stay safe and uh, share with family and friends. And thanks very much. Um, thanks Jackie. Thanks Gary Cunningham. Thanks to David Murphy for introducing me to Do Beautiful Souls. We can't wait to have... Uh, Gary Cunningham on the, the show soon enough when he's ready to rock. He's he's gonna have a hard act to follow. <laughs> oh, he's amazing. He's he's absolutely amazing. Yeah, deadly. I can't wait. Um so look I wanna thank Noel Royley from Rooney Media Graphics, Andy's from Liberty Media Hub, the girls from Shannon's Hope Lion, um Delivery Soup Run. Thanks to all our listeners. Thanks for all the followers. Thanks for all the messages, all the encouragement, and sharing our, all our work. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, so I'll just leave you with saying, mind your little self, and whatever that is, stay safe, stay safe. Thanks very much. Have a whopper evening. Yup, the flats. <laughs>